What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. Set your do not disturb. I already did. And I have an analog watch, so I don't have to do it on my Apple watch. Well, look like a pretentious... <laughs> I have an analog watch, so I don't have to be pretentious, but mine ticks out the seconds in Morse code from an obscure movie. No, it doesn't. Welcome back to the Soldier Podcast. This is going to be a really, really good episode. I agree. It is the last episode in... Of the series. Of the series. Yep. Farm to cup. We're wrapping it up. This episode is about brewing and tasting coffee. And shout out to my buddy Andrew, who I know is listening. He's been asking for a while, when are we going to get to an episode about tasting in particular? And I told him what was coming up in this one. So Andrew, this one is for you. Last episode, Farm to Cup series. It's the last stage of the journey from humble seed to seedling and plant, coffee tree, cultivation. Pack to seed. Harvest, yeah. Harvest, processing, supply chain, roasting, and then back to... Now, here we are. It is out of our hands. What you do with it from here is up to you. But it's still important. There's still... process. Yes. So we will have an episode coming out soon where Zach and I talk about all of the different ways that you can make coffee in a tiers list where we rank our favorite. uh, We've already recorded it. We have recorded it. We haven't put it out yet. We haven't released it just yet. Um, This week we are going to talk specifically about how to... Am I good to finish this one? Yes. Okay. Um how to uh, make coffee, well, our preferred method of making coffee. Um, And really, as we get into brewing coffee, the elements of brewing coffee, pretty simple. Um, Your water temp, your grind size of the coffee bean, and how much water to coffee, your, your water to coffee ratio. And we've got to, we're excited. This is a cool episode. We've got a, an opportunity to do something that we might not ever have a chance to do again uh, as we talk about tasting and brewing uh, coffee. But our preferred method is a pour over because you have the highest amount of variable control and your grind size, the temperature of the water, 
and the ratio. And so what we're doing today is we're going to do a tasting of four different coffees that our friends from Bolivia Agrotrade bought us our last night in Bolivia. And three of the four are a washed process, a Lovato, and one of them is a natural process. But what makes this whole tasting unique is that really probably one of the only times we'll ever get to do this, we have four coffees from the same growing region, three with the same process, relatively similar altitude, and the only difference is the coffee variety. And by that I mean what type of plant of Arabica that we're talking about. So to make this, we've, we've been in as scientific as we possibly can be in our pour over to, to get everything ready for this episode. So every single coffee that we try will have been a 15 to 1 ratio, 15 milliliters of water to 1 gram of coffee. So 30 grams of coffee for 450 mLs of water. The water temp was 189 degrees every single time we made it. We made all four batches exactly the same. So we've tried to limit variability as much as possible to get as scientific as we possibly can. And use the same filtered water, too. Same filtered water, which, again, when we talk about like elements of brewing, water is a big part of it, obviously. And some, some places will actually go as far as using reverse osmosis water and then adding back trace minerals to even bring out more brightness. Did we talk about that on another episode? We might talk about it. I feel like we did somewhere. I might have talked about it briefly in the um, episode where we do talk about different ways to make coffee in the tiers list. But I do feel like a lot lately we have been saying, hey, we're going to take kind of a flyover view and down the road we'll get a lot more specific. And so that might be another opportunity down the road to kind of come back to this and say, okay, We were as scientific as possible, but let's even get more deep into the weeds about water chemistry and why the grind size matters. So and this this is the, like we kept everything the same so that we have a standard yes. so that we can truly tell the difference in the coffee right? and not necessarily the brewing process or the style. Correct. Yeah, this is less, actually kind of less about brewing and more about tasting. Um, and we like to start out a lot of our episodes with a coffee tasting, and this time we're just going to try the pour. The entire thing is going to be Yeah, the tasting. whole thing. So I guess maybe let's talk a little bit about how to taste a coffee. Okay. Um, and it's going to be... This is something you and I have never talked about. I've never sat down and done this with you, have I? Nope. No. So when you're you're doing doing a tasting like this, you are taking note of the aroma. You want to kind of get your nose into the cup and get a deep breath first of uh, the aroma of the coffee. And then you're going to sip it across the back of your tongue and then exhale as you roll the coffee around in your mouth. And that's going to give your, you're going to be able to coat your palate and get a, a full, you know, mouthfeel of the coffee. And we, when we say mouthfeel, we're talking about is it syrupy or is it clean? Um, this is less about uh, brightness, but there is kind of like you're going to have some 
acidity in the mouthfeel. And then as you exhale, that also brings out more of the flavor components as well. So it's kind of all of those things in one, and you can kind of just think of it as sip, roll it across your tongue, exhale, and that's kind of, uh, you know, a, how you would kind of get all of those flavor notes. So bear with us. We're going to be sipping a lot of different coffees. We don't want it to turn into an ASMR episode, but um, <laughs> to, to do this right and be able to talk about, you know, the, the tasting and the flavor of each one that we're doing, um, there might be some sipping that you, you hear as we go. Um, and <laughs> so we apologize yeah, before. Yeah, just little disclaimer ahead of time. But when you, you the taste is as much in your nose and your olfactory as it is coming across your tongue and your palate. So that's the way to think about it. And uh, what I think about when I, I go into tasting something is that your past experiences, Zach, are different than my past experiences. Mm -hmm. And we draw on the sum collective of all of our past experiences to bring into a present moment. And so there's kind of something like contemplative and uh, meditative about like doing a coffee tasting. And it's going to connect you to things in your past. And so th there might be something in one of these coffees that, that you pick out and, and taste that it reminds you of that it, I might not pick up because we've had different experiences growing up. So I, I think you wanted to drop a quote in to this episode because we were looking for it last episode and I think it fits right here as we get started okay <clears throat> the quote is so the book the book I've been um, well I can't say reading it's on uh, audible and uh, I don't remember where I heard about it I don't remember who told me um, it's been sitting in my audible library for for a few weeks, and I just haven't got around to it, but I finally did, and the book is by Scott Adams. Is that right? I don't think so. Maybe it is. I, think, I guess so. Um, but the book is called God's Debris. It's a, it's a thought experiment. It's very... Um, it's, a, it's an interesting read. It's not for those who do not like to have your thoughts ransacked. Um, but the quote is, how can one part be more important if each part is completely necessary? And we're talking about like the cultivation, mm -hmm. uh, talking about all that goes into growing the plant, um, making sure that it is a successful um crop and then harvesting processing so like we we've talked about all the different variables up mm -hmm. until this point um from growing the sapling all the way to uh, roasting and eventually bagging the coffee up right but w one thing is for certain nothing is more important than another like mm -hmm. everything is equal so having a healthy plant uh, harvesting the harvesting the coffee itself the right way is just as important as the process um, 
style that you choose, a honey process, a wash process, natural process, whatever. And then also like the, the roasting mm-hmm. is just as important because if you, if you mess anything up it messes from the end, end result from not being an organic crop or you have an unhealthy plant uh, or you harvest too late and all of the, or, or too early. Um, and then your process itself, something happens in the roasting. If we pull it too early or pull it too late, just like we did in, in Bolivia, when mm-hmm. we were roasting on a roaster that wasn't ours and we weren't used to. So, and it translates really well too in like in our walk, in our, um, pursuit of fulfilling the great commission mm-hmm. right with all, um, all of those things linked from cultivation to final cup every single stage every variable in every single stage is equally as important to bringing a good cup of coffee at the end mm-hmm. as every other step and the same for our our walk and, and how we share the gospel as well and all of those things i totally get it while you were talking and reading that quote, I realized what the quote on your coffee mug is. Mm-hmm. Psalms fifty nine sixteen. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I will declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. And on the inside of the cup. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I'm seeing the works of your hands. That's one of the Bible verses that Vera and I have been learning recently. Psalms fifty nine sixteen. I will sing of your love. I will declare... Your steadfast love in the morning, for you have been to me a refuge and strength. So, very cool. Yep, it's a good mug. Mm-hmm. It doesn't keep the coffee hot worth anything, but well, it's, it's a, a good mug. <laughs> as camp mugs do, yep. they just, you just get a little bit. So, I just pour a little bit into my cup at a time, a few sips at a time. So, Back to a tasting exercise. Yep. All four of these coffees that we are tasting come from Alchemia Roasters in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. And it was when we were starting out, I looked at it again and went, oh, Alchemia is alchemy, which makes a lot more sense. All of these different varieties that we talk about, their roast names are things like Sol and Air and Luna and Terra. So all of the different elements of alchemy are being played out here. We're going to start out with the Saul because it is the only one of it's the, the four. It's the only outlier. It's the only outlier. It's the, the natural processed. Um, grown at 1,300 meters above sea level in Caranavi, Bolivia. So all four are grown in Caranavi. Um, this one is a natural process, which when we talked about processing... Before, we did talk about how Bolivia is not typically a region that you would want to try in a natural process because... Because of the high humidity and... Right, higher humidity and higher, uh, you know, rain rainfall during the rainy season uh, is not always conducive to a natural process. Um, apparently, they, they figured it out and pulled it off. This is a... I like it. It's a good, good cup of coffee. Um, the... Arabica variety for this one is a Pacamara. So it would be Arabica Pacamara um, is the the type of tree. Tasting notes 
are red fruit, red apple, maple, and wine. And I really think, like, it's pretty red wine flavor forward. It's, it's very dry, though. Exactly. Exactly. Like a dry red wine. It's kind of uh, what I was thinking of when I, you know, try it and taste it. So I think that's kind of the, the biggest note for me is that, that kind of red wine feel. The aftertaste is pretty... Uh, I'm trying to think of what it what it is because I can't put my finger on it. <clears throat> it's um almost like a like a bitter grapefruit. Hmm. Do you get that? No, I get it's not citrusy at it's all. It's not at all citrusy. And I, I mean I think the most flavor forward notes that I get are like dry red wine. I'm trying to pick out and I think I can pick up kind of the red apple flavor as well. Uh this was our favorite when we went to Alchemia in Santa Cruz with the. Uh, it's my favorite smelling one, but after trying all of them, right. I don't know that this is my favorite tasting mm. one anymore. We picked out maple when we were down in Santa Cruz. Um, I remember that was kind of one of the the notes that you and I both were like, oh yeah, we really do pick the maple kind of sweetness out. Uh, but for whatever reason, this time around. Not getting I don't it. get the maple as much. There's a subtle sweetness, but not. It's not like maple forward flavor. This, but see, I'm getting, I'm getting something more bitter. But I don't know what it is. I think it's the. I can't try it anymore because I've already finished it. It was. Did you enjoy it that much? Um, I think it's the the dryness. Yeah, maybe so. That, that's uh, probably what it is that you're picking up. So that's the uh, the soul. That's the one outlier. And what we were really excited about doing with this whole tasting process is, particularly for these next three, like all of the variables are the exact same. Are the exact same, or very very similar as far as like altitude that it was grown in. So what we're really able to do is taste different varieties of uh, coffee plants themselves. So, I would suggest that we start with the Luna okay. next. Why? Okay, here's why. So, we have a, a Arabica Katura, which is the Luna. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Arabica Geisha Ijava. So, that's a hybrid between a Geisha coffee plant and a Java coffee plant. And, and then we have a Java. And then the last one is a, a straight Java. Um and so I think if we can kind of proce process through it that way, then we'll try the Keturah, which is a fairly common Arabica variety. Uh, Geisha is not as common. And so then to have a hybrid cross between Geisha and Java will be interesting. And then, you know, Java comes from Southeast Asia, Indonesia, like the island of Java. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and, and wrap up the tasting that way. So let's jump into it. And I'll let you pour the Luna. <clears throat> okay.
perfecto. And so with all of these, we're gonna swirl it in our, our mug, get our nose in there and smell it, and then take a sip, roll it across our tongue, exhale, and then pay attention to kind of those first, the first things that kind of pop into your head. Um, So this has grown at 1,500 meters above sea level in Karanavi, and like I've said, it's a, a wash process, a lavado. This one's very simple. That's a good description. Not one noted, but it's not a complex right. coffee like some of the others. What are you picking up? I smell something sweet. Okay. Um... But it's not. Is this the other one that we had there? It might be. I can't remember. I think now. it is. Did this one have caramel in it? It did. Caramel yeah. black tea and honey. Mm-hmm. Is that what that says? Yes. I think I get more black tea notes than anything else. Uh, it is a less complex. Maybe that's what I'm tasting. Yep, from and the so, sim- simplicity. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's not flat. Um, it's not super bright, you know, on on the palate as a mouthfeel. Um, and when we d- we did talk about like going through all of the process ver- styles when we did the the processing episode. One of the things that we did mention was that, you know, a lavado, a wash process, typically pulls out more acid notes in the front. And so this is unique in that sense because there is not a lot of uh, citrus or really acid-forward flavor. It's not really acidic. It is pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it is a little bit on the dry side as well. Not as dry as the Otherwise, last one. Yeah. Um, but I think as we progress along, we're going to get a little bit more juicy, jammy, <laughs> fruit forward. I knew I'd get you with that. Um, Zach's favorite. Jam, 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 jam. The, the, Zach's favorite uh, descriptor that I use when we do coffee tasting is jam, 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 jam and jammy. So, um, This one's not jammy though. No, it's not. Uh, I don't. I don't get a lot of the honey flavor. I think there's probably like a burnt sugar caramel uh, that comes through for me in it. Uh, it's like a natural, like a organic tea that you sweetened mm-hmm. naturally with some kind of turbinado sugar. Yeah, I don't know what turbinado sugar is, but it's like less refined. Okay, I like a raw sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, it does have that kind of flavor component as far as a full taste. Um, so yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It may have been ambitious to think that we're going to split four, 450 mLs of every single one. We're going to have to pee so bad. Maybe we cut that out. 
I'll leave it. There's, I think the last thing that I would say about the Luna is there's almost a serial component. Not like cereal and milk, but like the aroma of like raw cereal grain kind of in the back of the nose as I finish it out. Did we talk about that with the methodical before we started recording? We talked about that with the tie. Was it the tie? Yep. The last when oh, I roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the methodical. There's there's a nutty, almost cereal like note that's coming out with the tie. That really is, you know, with that when and as our our on our, our tasting notes for the Thai coffee is uh almond. Mm. And so it's that kind of right on the line cereal type notes and almond and um and I get a little bit of that in this this cup as well. I would agree with that. Do we want to try to rank them as we do this? Um we can. I think uh I think right now the the first one's coming out front. Saul. Okay. The Saul. Mm-hmm. And then the Luna. Well, the next one up is Terra, which you've got right over there. And that is going to be the Geisha Java Hybrid. And it is grown at 1,710 meters above sea level. So this is... Day. So green tea, green tea, chocolate, lime, and honey. So this one I'm expecting. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be uh, a little bit more punchy in the flavor. First. Um, I'm still trying to finish. There's going to be some a little bit more brightness and acidity forward, which you would expect more from a uh, Lovato wash process. And then I think it'll probably finish on the palate with kind of cocoa chocolate notes. And then uh, I've seen in doing more tasting exercises that usually black tea or green tea is used more as a mouthfeel descriptor. Like a base. Yeah, but like so a green tea or a black tea in the the tasting notes of any coffee is more, like I said, mouthfeel. So describing it more from um, like a clean clean finish on the palate. Not super complex, uh, but not like syrupy either. Uh, the, the methodical that we had last week was very syrupy, and it was described as being boozy uh, in its mouthfeel. I think this will be more crisp and acidic and... Some of that other kind of brightness coming forward. But also finishing clean on the palate. I smell the lime. I do too. It is very... Like right away. It's... That's really cool. Like the, 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 I, that's wild. Lime and chocolate right in the nose. It's like they roasted this and then spread a bunch of lime juice on it. 
Oh, wow. Is it? Can you taste it? Yes. Yes, you can. That's fantastic. That is. Okay. Terra's my favorite. I don't even care what the other one tastes like. That is. That's. That's a winner right there. It's mine too. That's so far. A, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So this is also, like I said, it's a, the Geisha Java Hybrid. So uh, I don't know. The the Geisha variety is is the the variety of all of these that we're we're dealing with and talking about today. It's the one that I know the least about. And when I say I know the least about it, like I know virtually nothing <laughs> about this variety of coffee. Um, typically, the coffees that we're we're looking at sourcing or um, that are grown are Katura. Uh, Jim's coffee is a Kathy Moore. Um, but then there's also like uh, Bourbon is another variety. Um, and there's Katura and Red Katura. Uh, so it's really interesting that just that Geisha Java hybrid brings out so much really aromatic mm-hmm. lime. A, yeah, it is really aromatic. Um, I think the green tea notes are definitely the finish. It's not as dry as the first two. It is, but it's a clean finish. You know, it's not going to be. Like, it doesn't linger on yeah, your palate. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It doesn't feel like it stays around. Mm-mm. If it were, I feel like if it had, it says it's got honey. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it had a little more of the honey, you would almost have like a key lime pie thing going on. Right. Dude, I'm telling you, this is. It's a good, good coffee right there. I'm looking for the chocolate. No. I don't get it as much. Um, maybe a little bit on the, the after palate as it finishes. I get that. What I was kind of thinking was that we're going to get like a a candied li- slice of lime dipped in chocolate. Which oh, we talked about before in an episode talking about like chocolate oranges that mm, yeah. you've never had. They only come out at Christmas. So I'll get you one for Christmas this year. Buddy. Amanda hasn't had one either. Uh, we, I asked her about it. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, <clears throat> "She said I've never had one, but I know what he's talking about." It is almost key lime, like it's wild. Yeah. What's um? I was gonna say something about it, and I can't remember what. I don't know. Mm. The I do get the chocolate on the exhale. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like uh, the coffee was stored next to chocolate for a little while. Right. Yeah, it's just... It picked it up just a little bit. And the other thing that I, I, I pick up too in in the finish is uh, a little bit of that, that bright acidic note that you would look for with a wash process as well. But it's not too like it's not too much. Nope, it's not. It doesn't. It's, it's acidic, but it's not like it's not overly acidic. Mm-hmm. It's not. What would you call that? It's not super tart. Uh, sour or sour? No, it's not. It's it's round. It's not super complex, but I would say it's round. That's a good kind of mouthfeel descriptor. 
for this one. Okay. Okay. So far, that is the clear winner. Yeah, that one's ahead by a wow. All the way around. <clears throat> That's a really, really good cup That's of coffee. That's a good cup of joe. Last up is the air, which is the red thermos right in front of you. And that is the straight java. And what I noticed about this one when I was making it is that as as you would expect, um, the the bean size is is larger. The the beans Java beans, when you talk about the Java variety, typically are uh, slightly larger than some others. That, and we're talking. I mean, all of these come from South America, but like the typical varieties that are grown. In Central and South America, the the bean size is relatively smaller. So um, these are like uh, almost look like ones you would get like from Tanzania. Really, really big bean. Okay, so this is the highest elevation. This Java, it's at seventeen hundred and fifty meters above sea level. Um, so again, all of these that we were tasting right now were grown between 1,500 and 1,750 meters above sea level. Mm, first one was 1,300. Well, that was the outlier. That's why I left it off. It's You're an outlier. I, <laughs> there is not a more true statement <laughs> in this entire episode than what you just said. Okay. Or something that I smell mm-hmm. that I cannot. It's floral. Yeah. This one's similar to Luna. It is. That's the, there's some caramel notes that are the same mm-hmm. in that and kind of the finish. This is the the tasting notes for this one are passion fruit and jasmine and caramel, and so I think that kind of what is Durazzo? I don't know. Um, Jasmine Durazzo. Durazzo did not translate, so it's clearly a Spanish word. Uh, But passion fruit, and so that would be the passion fruit is probably the the brightness, the fruit forward, um, the nose is jasmine, I think. I don't know. Well, and if it's not straight jasmine to you, it's... I mean, maybe a little. You picked up a floral, you know. When, but I would expect jasmine to smell a little sweeter than... Because, I mean, you have jasmine at your house, right? hmm We planted some. On our fence line. Right. As soon as you walk out of the house, whenever it's blooming. It's amazing. Oh, man. It smells so good. Between that and the tea olive this time of year, it's just like very, very heavenly scent. What do you think? Uh, 
my opinion is biased. Well, yes, I can see that. Um, after I, after the last one, this is a little bit more one noted, I think. Yeah, um, Th- and that's what I meant by it's similar to the Luna. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's we're back to the the simple taste, and I think typically, you know, Java coffees are lean more towards a darker roast um, anyway. Are all these the same roast? Well, they don't list a roast on here. I think it's up to the the roaster, but they're all, I think, kind of in the same. I didn't see any that were like, oh, that's a lot darker. You know, there's not as much shine on the beans, particularly for any one. I would have expected more roasty and cocoa notes with a straight Java coffee than this. And so to be able to pull out at least some kind of floral component, I think is pretty uh, remarkable. I would have expected passion fruit or some kind of uh, kind of acidic fruit descriptor because of the process, because it's a, a wash process. Um, is passion fruit acidic? I think so. I think that, you know, I mean, all within in the realm of when we're talking about really like fruit forward flavors, passion fruit, I think is more, more of an an acidic tart pop of a flavor than like the first one being red apple. Like there's, there's more fruit forward notes in this. I think there is a little bit as we now we're really stretching to to break all of these apart, but I do get a little bit more roast notes in this one uh, as a Java. I can feel this coursing through my veins. It's about to get real. There's <laughs> a lot. We just had a lot of coffee. Um, you haven't blinked in the last three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> goodness here we are so um i guess let's kind of start landing the plane and and break down like it's interesting the so these two the luna and the air Mm -hmm. they're the variety is not even remotely close right i would say the Terra and the air are closer in variety than correct, but they're less similar than the Luna and the air. Mm-hmm. Which is so. Let's if you're talking just variety, the the Java plant and the Katura plant are are less similar, but the flavor and the tasting notes for those two is more similar. Which really, I think, shows more than anything the kind of what that hybrid with the geisha bloodline uh, coming in, that just really brings a lot of different notes to the party, really. You know, that's the the sweet lime green tea finish. And I think that that's really carried by the, the geisha variety in this one. I 
It's interesting. They're they're. I didn't expect them to be this different. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. It's it's in, it's crazy. Well, yeah, because you you line up relatively same altitude, same process, same region, so same dirt, and then right across the board, we just had four very different tasting coffees. I guess the only thing that isn't the same at this point is the roasting. Because, I mean, we brewed it the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that we don't know. I mean, the, these labels don't say exactly how this one was roasted or this one. I would assume... Visually, they all look relatively right. the same. And I would assume that Alchemia roasts all of these pretty close in the same kind of roast profile. But, again, like we talked about in the last episode... Every single coffee variety has a slightly different roast profile. So, you know, we, we can't really account for what the roaster did. We did get to meet one of the roasters while we were at Alchemia. I think that was cool. Yes, he was. Um, it was it was a nice find. That place blew us away. Um, our friends with Bolivia Agritrade uh, really surprised us with that. So It was a shock. They're like, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to our coffee shop that we know we like. And they're like, no, you're gonna come with us mm-hmm. here because you have to try it. And we're like, okay. We walked in the door and we're like, this is it. This is the one. Um, I think the only other thing to say because we tried the Sol and the Luna when we were there, and we picked out more of the maple notes in the Sol when we were there, but I think that could have been because we had coffee made in a Gina and not a pour over, which the Gina is not going to show up in our tears list episode. That's coming out soon. It's like a, it's pretty cool, but it's, it's like cool. a pour over. It's like a French press pour over hybrid. hybrid. I was, really, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Yep. Cause you, you add the coffee in the top and then time it and then turn a, a one way T valve and it, drains out the bottom it's really pretty phenomenal if i brought one home amanda would be about what how many ways can you drink coffee it's Honey, just it's a limitless the different ways that you can drink coffee uh but we talked about it in the last episode too you have way too many appliances <laughs> as it is so adding one we just more, got a new toaster oven adding another um apparatus to your countertop is not going to be good. Anything else? I mean, so this was the first time, like you said, that I have kind of walked through tasting coffee with you. Which a lot of, a lot of, like I had already picked a lot of that up even before like you and I had met. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was not into coffee as much as I am now for obvious reasons, but like I, Tasting-wise, I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't. But I also knew like, different ways to... Pick out certain... Yeah. Uh, but, I, but, I am, but I'm getting better, mm-hmm. like, watching you and, like, kind of learning from, um, I guess, from how you explain things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or indirectly explain things, I should say, because I mean, you've never explained it just straight out, right? But like, I'm I'm learning and I'm getting better about like um like I mean, you take the airship that we did a couple of weeks ago. That's exactly what I was thinking about, and that was before. I hadn't even drank the coffee. I was eating the coffee beans. Right. And I was like, man, this tastes like they were grown on a blueberry bush. Right. And you're like, sure enough, it was blueberry. Yep. So, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really, really enjoying drinking coffee. Like, literally all over the world. Right. Like it comes from, I mean, obviously coffee, all coffee comes from all over the world, but like, I guess maybe I'm just aware of it now. <laughs> you're in, you're a lot more aware of what, what goes into. Yeah. And producing and it, a good coffee. Um, and I, I think I should have mentioned this at the start. One of the things that I think is important is that like, so the, the tasting notes are kind of like a guide, but like I said, you pick out different things other than what's just right. on the label, and what your your past experiences in life are going to bring a different kind of flavor profile perspective. or perspective um, than mine will. Um, and so, in some cases, it's almost better to look at the tasting notes after you've tried a coffee, and then you be like, okay, yeah, I can. I can pick that out, I can see that, or I can taste that, but not like going into it, like I'm going to look for passion fruit or, you know, whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, because, again, like I said, you know, we all, all of our experiences are different. And I think there's a lot of that, you know, just in life in general that um, it's important to remember uh, my background, my past experience different than yours. Um and it's kind of what we we do with that moving forward. Like the the whole the we are the sum of all of our past experiences coming into it's a present moment. It's an interesting concept that my reality is not necessarily your reality. Right. I was thinking it ties more into the quote that you shared at the the top of the episode really like how you're like there are certain like moments in each of our lives that'll be more pivotal in the moment Mm -hmm. than others. But if you really think about it, all of our past experience combined brings us into this one present moment. And if we can be present in the moment, then like that quote said, like how can any one part be more important? Because all they all lead to here. Yeah, the the pain, the the sorrow, the joy, all past experiences have kind of culminated in a present moment. That's good. Mm-hmm. So how do we just live in that? I think you'd do without trying. Yeah. Because really, you can't mm-hmm. not just be present. <laughs> it's been a <clears throat> it's been a good episode. Yeah, it's been a good series. It's been really information heavy, and I think you said in one of the episodes, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, it's been really, 
really information heavy. And I know that there's a bunch of nerds out there like you and I that who really appreciate this. Right. But then... But there's been a lot of other... There's people stuff. like my wife who are like, listen, these episodes are... They're hard to get through. Well... Y'all talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Next week's episode is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to just kind of break down the whole Bolivia trip and kind of do a debrief, talk about the aftermath. Um, so stick around and look for that episode coming out next week. It's going to be great. Yes, it is. Going to take a break? break? Yes. <laughs>